Hi there, and welcome to another episode. Our names are Sadie, Lynn, Debbie, and Ember, and we will be hosting today's episode, which is going to be the last episode in this series. In this episode, we will be analyzing and discussing three themes in Homegoing. First, the legacy of slavery. Second, the pattern of fire and water. And third, the reuniting of two lineages. In today's episode, we'll be diving into the characters Marjorie and Marcus. Marjorie is the daughter of Yaw and Esther, and granddaughter of Aquia. She grew up in Huntsville, Alabama, where she is one of the only black students at her high school. At school, she doesn't fit in with her peers, so she spends a lot of time reading. Her story takes place in the 80s, and is in both Alabama and Cape Coast, Ghana. Marcus is the son of Sonny and Amani. He has broken his family's cycle of hardship and is a successful student at Stanford, where he is doing his research to get his PhD. Marcus's story is set in the 2000s in California. The first topic that we are going to be discussing today is the legacy of slavery. This theme was prevalent throughout Homegoing, and we were able to see its impact in Marjorie's life. Marjorie doesn't fit in in Alabama. Her family's the only black family on their block, and she's one of the only 30 black students at her school of 2000. Marjorie doesn't fit in with the white students at her school because of the color of her skin, but she also doesn't fit in with the other black students because she has different interests and doesn't identify with being African American. You can actually see this really clearly when she has to write a poem for a black cultural event at her school, and her teacher, Mrs. Pinkton, tells her to write about what being African American means to her. Marjorie tells her that she is an African-American. Yet afterwards, Marjorie realizes that she doesn't really feel Ghanaian anymore. In fact, she's almost become what her parents call Akata, or African-American. It's definitely interesting to note these changes in her identity. Besides her cultural identity, she also has to deal with interactions with people of different races and the racism that can result from that. One prominent example is when Marjorie becomes close with a white boy named Graham because of their shared interests in books. They go on a couple dates and kiss once. A turning point in their relationship is when they are sitting together in the cafeteria and the white girl comes up to them and tells Graham to leave Marjorie. Even though Graham initially asks the girl why he should leave, Marjorie notes that he looks relieved to leave the table. This moment makes her realize that because of the current societal norms, it isn't really possible for her and Graham to date, or even be friends. There are simply too many societal pressures that work against interracial relationships. Yeah, and it also makes her realize a larger truth, that it's going to be really difficult to establish any kind of relationship with someone from a different race than her in her future. Race also affects the other lineage, namely Marcus. He's a descendant of Essie, meaning he and Marjorie are related. Without knowing they're related, the two randomly meet at a party. They become really close friends and form an undeniable bond. They come from pretty different backgrounds too, which is why their bond is really interesting. Marcus grew up in Harlem and was surrounded by people going in and out of the prison system. Marcus is doing research at Stanford for his PhD. He struggles in his research because it is so deeply connected to his family history. Marcus originally wanted to focus his work on the convict leasing system that affected H, who is his great-grandfather, but researching that ends up opening the door to a lot more. The reason being that if he wanted to talk about H's story, then he'd also have to talk about his grandma Willie and how she, along with millions of black people, had to move north to escape Jim Crow. And if he wanted to talk about the Great Migration, then he'd have to talk about Harlem and the cities where those people moved to. Reading about Marcus's struggle to research these topics really reflects the legacy of slavery. Although slavery has been over for a long time, it still has an extremely large impact on Marcus.
Through meeting and talking to one another, Marcus and Marjorie realize that they are scared of opposite things. These fears actually relate to their ancestors. Marjorie, a descendant of Aphia, is scared of fire, and Marcus, a descendant of Essie, is scared of water. These traits draw an interesting parallel between the two lineages. Aphia was said to be born of fire, Aquia was also afraid of fire, and Yal's face was burnt in a fire. As for Marcus, Essie was forcibly shipped over the Atlantic to America. These fears and connections affect the both of their everyday lives. When Graham invites Marjorie to a movie during their date, she is afraid of Graham's lighter. Marcus is afraid of the Atlantic Ocean, when he visited it with a friend, and he is also afraid of the pool from the pool party. Marjorie loved the beach and the water, whereas Marcus did not. In terms of how these two fears relate back to each person's ancestors, we mentioned previously that Aphia was said to be born of fire, which throughout her ancestry line, many people have been scared of fires, as well as Aquia set a fire that killed two of her children. And yeah, Aquia like dreamed about a firewoman who had two fire children, I guess. And then one of the fire children was like exposed to water, I think, in the dream, something like that. And I think that drew um, a parallel kind of to Aphia and Essie's story. Like, their mother, Mame, had the two of them, and they were both separated, and Essie was kind of exposed to water because she was shipped off to slavery in America. I definitely think it's interesting how it's really hard for each person. Actually, it's more like it's impossible for all the people in the story to escape from their ancestry and who their ancestors were because the themes that happen in their generation many, many years ago actually continues to affect them. And I think it's really interesting that for the first time in the novel, we see two people from opposite sides of the lineage that are very interested and invested in learning about their past and their family's past, which really kind of opens up a door for these two characters. These doors actually open up a lot of opportunities for Marcus and Marjorie. They end up building a really strong friendship and they actually go to Ghana together. There, they conquer their fears, which really reflects how the two lineages have reunited. Yeah, they conquer their fears together and they go to the beach in Ghana together. Marjorie actually goes near the fire that two men have built with Marcus's encouragement and with Marjorie's encouragement, Marcus actually goes into the ocean. The end of this book really allows the reader to feel some sense of conclusion, uh, even though the lineages of Aphia and Essie will certainly continue and grow. The two lineages finally get to meet, and though there is no realization in the book that they are related, there is a feeling of finality with their meeting. And relating back to the first chapter of this book, it's actually really interesting that Abernoma, who is a slave girl, says that um, in her village they have a saying about separate sisters. They are doomed to stay on opposite sides of the pond. And the ending of this novel definitely defies this prediction many generations later. Marjorie also gives her stone to Marcus, which signifies how connected these two lineages have now become. 
So I kind of didn't really like the conclusion of the novel because I really wanted them to realize that they were related and they didn't. So I wish that um, Yaw Jossie had written a little bit more about how Marcus and Marjorie somehow realized that they were related because without that it felt a little bit unfinished even though they did end up like conquering their fears together and going back to Ghana where their stories kind of took place. You do bring up a really good point. However, I think that the author wanted to create a more realistic end to the novel. And even by having the two characters meet, that's already a really big move on the author's part. I don't think that would have happened in real life. And so I think even getting to experience that little you know, taste when they actually get to meet is really nice in and of itself. For me personally, I think that I was pretty satisfied as I read the end of the novel. I think it was, as you said, it was a little too scripted, not scripted necessarily, but a little too perfected, I think, in regards to, you know, in real life, the chances of that actually happening would be very rare. And I think that it could have been more realistic and the ending could have been less perfect, which would have, I think, for a lot of readers, been more memorable. I would have liked to see the outcome of their meeting once they return home to California or wherever, uh, Alabama for Marjorie if she's going back. Um, But other than that, I really liked the ending as it provided me the sense of closure that I was looking for. These two chapters are the closest time-wise to modern day. Marcus and Marjorie both share an interest in their past and their culture, allowing the reader a feeling of conclusion. When the two meet for the first time, they reunite their two lineages, bringing their ancestors' stories full circle. Thank you for listening to the last episode of our series.